Today with the King is a 3ABN Australia television production developed to lead children through a study of the Bible and to grow in their understanding and love for God. We invite you to download your weekly study guide at adaywiththeking.com. So come on kids, join us now and each week for A Day With The King. Hello, I'm Uncle Daniel and we have another wonderful worship time to enjoy together as we commence the Sabbath. And hello to you, Auntie Leah, and to each girl and boy who has joined us. Are we ready for another day with the King? Yes! It's lovely to hear from you by email from wherever you are watching. If you want to say hello to us and let us know a bit about yourself or even send a photo with your favourite friend or pet, you can contact us at the address on your screen. Uncle Daniel, I'd like to say hello to Joel in Albany, down in the southern part of Western Australia. Joel likes to watch A Day with the King. Hello, Joel. Before we start our worship time, let's pray and ask God to be with us. Alicia, would you like to do that for us? Sure. Dear God, please bless us as we worship you and be with those joining us from home. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks, Alicia. Auntie Leah, can you teach us more about prophecy? Yes, I can. We've been looking at the prophetic gift, which is the ability to tell the future. We've also learned that God speaks to us through His servants, the prophets. Sometimes the prophets gave direct messages about what was going to happen. For example, Noah spent 120 years warning the people about a worldwide flood. And that's exactly what happened. Sometimes prophecies are conditional, like Jonah and the whale. Jonah prophesied to the Ninevites that their city would be destroyed in 40 days if they did not repent and turn from their wicked ways. But they did listen to Jonah and they did repent and obeyed God. And so God did not destroy the city. Some prophecies are given using symbols. Later in our Bible study, we'll discover that King Nebuchadnezzar's dream was actually a prophecy given in symbols. What does God say about prophecies given in symbols? Let's see what the Bible gem says in our jewel box. Maybe you can shed some light for us. Amber, would you like to get the jewel out of the jewel box? Wow, what does that re represent? Deuteronomy 29, 29. Tamiya, would you like to read that for us? The sacred things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. This text tells us that God means us to understand prophecy, even if it is given in symbols. Prophecy wouldn't be any use to us if we couldn't understand it. God has promised to reveal the meaning to us. It will strengthen our faith and help us to trust and obey God but we need to prayerfully and diligently search the scriptures. Amber, what's the secret clue to understanding prophecy? Can you please read that for us? All the clues to understanding prophecy are contained in the Bible. That's good news. We don't need to look anywhere else. That's why we're having a Bible treasure hunt. I can't wait to get into our Bible study today when we will solve the mystery of the symbolic prophecy that God gave to King Nebuchadnezzar. So remember, God intends that we should understand the prophecies because they can guide the choices we make in our lives day by day. Thanks, Auntie Leah. Those pretty gemstones remind me of the Bible gems. 
Hey everybody, Brayden's back. Hello. Hi Brayden. Hi, Hi everyone. Are you ready to sing? Yes. yes. Well, let's start with the Sabbath song, This is the Day the Lord Has Made. King's Dream. That's a great choice. Let's sing it together. Oh, that's such a good song. It's one of my favorites. Let's sing it together. songs with us, Breeden. And now we're going to listen to another story from Dr. John. Hello, boys and girls. It's Dr. John here. And hello, boys and girls right around the world. I brought something rather sad to show you today. It's a sword. This sword is about 400 years old. And if you look along the top here, it's got chinks on it because it has been used in battle. It has hurt people. This sword is called a skiavana. And you know, the sad part about war and battles is that people get hurt and people die. And if this was run through you or you were shot and you were lying on the battlefield and no one could rescue you, you're in shock and you feel pain, but you start to get thirsty. And feeling thirsty is one of the most basic feelings of all people. And there was a young soldier, his name was Richard Kirkland. 
And as you can see, this picture was taken quite a while ago. He was just a young man, 22 years of age. And nobody thought much of him, but he did something that resulted in him having a memorial. Because after a long battle that lasted all day and all night, he was hiding behind the wall and he could hear the cries of wounded soldiers in pain. And they were all crying out for one thing. Water. Water. Exactly. When you are dying of thirst, your last thought is for water. And some of the soldiers were saying, ha, they deserve that. Let them suffer. But Richard Kirkland said, that is so sad. So early in the morning, he went to his general, whose name was General Kershaw, and he knocked on the door. And the guard said, what do you want, soldier? I want to talk to General Kershaw. General Kershaw was sitting at a table, and he said, what do you want, son? He said, I want to take water to the soldiers who are hurt. You put your head above that wall and you'll get a bullet in the head. They will shoot you. So I cannot bear the sound of that suffering any longer. Please let me take some water. And General Kershaw said, young man, you will die. Please let me go, he said. Okay, we'll have your funeral later. And he went down the steps and he came back. He said, I have a white hanky. And if I hold that up, it's a sign that I'm coming peace, that I'm surrendering. General Kershaw said, I'm sorry, we haven't surrendered. You can't take a white hanky with you. So he climbed over the wall waiting to be shot. And he went to the first soldier. He gave him a drink of water and then to another. And he spent all day going from soldier to soldier and all the enemy, they had their rifles on. They couldn't believe what he was doing. And finally, when he had given every soldier a drink, he went back. He never had a bullet. You know, unfortunately, he was killed by being brave in another battle, but they made a statue to Richard Kirkland because of his bravery. And if you do something extremely brave, extremely wonderful, they will make a statue of you. I've never had a statue made of me. But if you go to that battlefield today, you will see the statue to Richard Kirkland. And in our study, we're going to study about a man who built a statue for himself. He was a proud man. He was different to Richard Kirkland. But Richard Kirkland was the greatest of the great because he was driven by love. And Jesus calls himself the water of life. And there's that water that when you get it, you are so nourished. Remember Richard Kirkland. Thank you, boys and girls. It's Bible study time again. Today we'll discover the meaning of King Nebuchadnezzar's mysterious dream. I hope you left your bookmark in Daniel chapter 2 from last week.
But first, Auntie Leah, would you please ask God to be with us as we study our Bible? Sure. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the story of Daniel. Please help us to understand how we can better follow you by the things we read. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Jaira, do you remember what we learned last week? The king had a dream and forgot it. Yes, that's right. And because none of his wise men could tell him the dream, he ordered that they all be killed, including Daniel and his companions. But how did God help? God told Daniel the dream. Yes. Our story finished last week with Daniel telling Arioc, the captain of the king's guard, that he could tell the king his dream. How exciting that must have been for everyone. You know, yay, we're saved. Let's return to Daniel, chapter 2, where Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king. Bethany, would you please read verse 26, which tells us the king's question to Daniel. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Now, do you think the king might have been feeling skeptical and suspicious of Daniel's claim? I'm sure he was. After all, didn't the other wise men tell him differently? Well, Daniel started by agreeing with the king that the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians and the soothsayers would not be able to tell him his dream. But he went on to say something that really gripped the king's attention. Jaira, can you please read that in verse 28? But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the later days. Mm. See, Daniel signaled to the king that this was a dream of huge significance, of cosmic proportions, right down to the last days of this world. He also indicated how privileged King Nebuchadnezzar was that the God, the ruler of the whole universe, would select him to reveal his plans for the future of this planet. As for Daniel himself, verse 30 tells us he wanted to make sure that the king clearly understood that any wisdom he appeared to possess was all a gift from God. God was trying to reach King Nebuchadnezzar's mind and heart through the humble Daniel. Daniel then told him the dream. Let's read uh, Daniel chapter 2, starting with Bryce. Verse 31, please. You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image, this great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its bellies and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Mm. And verse 34, can you please read that, Shemaiah? You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. And verse 35, Jeremiah. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. What an unusual dream. Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of a man made up of these different kind of metals. Let's have a look at an artist's interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. 
So, what was the head made of? Gold. What about the torso? Silver. And the thighs? Brass. Yeah, brass is a shiny metal that is not nearly as valuable as silver or gold. Now the legs, what were they made of? Iron. And the feet? Part iron, part clay. Is iron strong? Yes. Yeah. Is clay as strong as iron? No. No. Finally, we learn of a stone that grows. Can stones grow? No. No. Well, in dreams, anything can happen. In this dream, the stone grew so big that it filled the whole earth. Now, remember, until Leah said messages were often given to prophets in symbols, pictures of things that represent something else, some important message that God wants His people to understand. Well, these metals and the stone represent important events in earth's history. Having confidently declared to the king, this is the dream, Daniel then went on to explain the meaning of the dream. Sai, please read verse 37. You, O king, are king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a, a kingdom, power, strength and glory. And verse 38, please, Antilia. And wherever the children of men dwell, all the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. And you are this head of gold. Babylon was renowned for its gold. It was everywhere. Nothing has been seen like it since. Let's continue with verse 39 and 40. Thanks, Bethany. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, and then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule all over the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. This is a very powerful and very cruel kingdom that's being described. Let's read on with verse 41 and 42. Thanks, Jaira. Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, and kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, and as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. Hmm, thank you. And Bryce, can you please also read verse 43? As you saw, iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seeds of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. Logically, if you were making predictions about four world powers in a row, you might expect another world power to follow, because that's what happened every other time. But no, Something quite different and unusual is predicted. Daniel says that the fourth world power will break up into many kingdoms, ten major ones, as it turns out, just like the ten toes. We know from history that the world power which followed Babylon was Medo-Persia. Then Greece conquered the world, followed by Rome. Rome eventually broke up into ten nations, some strong and some weak, just like the iron and the clay. These are the nations that became the Europe we know today. 
verse 43 says that these nations tried various strategies to unite and grow stronger, like fighting and intermarrying, but nothing has worked. Shemaiah, can you please read our torchlight, Mrs. White's writings in Royalty and Ruin, page 177. In history, the growth of nations, the rise and fall of empires, appear as if dependent on human will and ability. But the Word of God draws the certain curtain aside and we see the ad agencies, agencies of mm. the All-Merciful One silently, patiently working out the counsels of His own will. Right. So God is in control throughout human history, no matter how it looks to us. In verse 44, God promises to end all the fighting and struggles for power and set up a perfect kingdom that will stand forever. That's a kingdom I want to be a part of, don't you? Yes. yes. Now, in verse 45, Daniel tactfully reminds the king how privileged he is that the great God of heaven and earth has made known to him the future of the world. Then Daniel confidently adds, the dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. Verse 46 and 47 tells us that King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face before Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. So Daniel got it right because God revealed it to him. Let's go over our memory verse and read the last part of 1 Samuel 2.30 together. Are we ready? Those who honour me, I will honour. And God certainly did honour Daniel and his three companions. The king's wise men's lives were saved. And verse 48 says, He gave Daniel many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. He also made Daniel the boss over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel's three friends were promoted too. Their years of diligent study and faithfulness in following God had prepared them to be shining lights for God's truth in that mighty nation that ruled the world. And best of all, God offers us the same power that He gave to Daniel and his companions, so we too can be shining lights for Him. Pictures always help us when we're learning something new. So why don't you get our devotional for today and review the pictures and their meaning? Listen to Matthew and Kaylee. <sighs> what do you want? You bored? Yes. Look what I got. Whoa! Look at that! Every day of the week. Where'd you get this? A day of the king.com. Thanks, Matthew and Kaylee. Uncle Daniel, what are we going to learn about next week? Next week we have a gripping story about a life-threatening test that confronted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and how they honoured God at the risk of their own lives. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Let's practice our new memory verse. Those who honour me, I will honour. 1 Samuel 2.30 you know, I've found this promise to be true in my life so many times. God is so faithful. He keeps every promise. Bethany, what did you learn about the King today? If we study the Bible, we can find out the truth for ourselves. 
Mm, yes, but we may need to dig deep and always ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. Uncle Daniel, it's time to finish with our blessing song. May God bless you and keep you and fill your heart with love. May God guide and protect you and watch you from above. As Sabbath after Sabbath, we me because he's blessed me with amazing family and friends. I know Jesus loves me because he keeps me safe from day to day. I know Jesus loves me because he gave me animals. listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Television. God bless you kids and remember to join us next week.